made. It's nice to see some people here. Uh, I do not have the Zoom up myself, so I don't know how many people are in the, in the chain. But, uh, 28 people. Huh? 28. 28 so far, so that's great. Okay, so um, I'm going to call our committee to order, then Gus will call his committee to order for the joint meeting, and then we'll kind of go over some ground rules and then rules, and then we'll just um, open it up to talking. So uh, I will now call to order this April 7th, 2022 session of the Medfield School Committee, beginning with a roll call. Leo Brown here. All right, I'm trying to figure my people out. Mameo Shebrook here. And Jessica Ryan here. I expect Michelle Kirkby, who had a, a prior commitment for a few minutes just before this, um, she will be here uh, soon. So, uh, this meeting is being recorded tonight and it will be posted to the Midfield TV YouTube channel. Gus, would you like to call? I uh, call the uh, Board of Selectmen to order uh, and uh, everything that uh, <laughs> Jeff said about the meeting applies to ours as well. Uh, but uh, let's just do a quick roll call. Irene Murphy. Okay. Peterson. And Gus Murphy. Great. So I do want to. Oh, here she is. This is Michelle. Um, so I. I don't have my. Um, so. All right, it's off now. Great. Okay, so um, I do want to thank you for being here tonight and engaging with us. I'm having a bit of a hard time trying to figure out exactly where to look, so I'm going to look at the owl, and then I'll look at the camera, and then I'll look at you. Um, tonight is a listening session, and we decided to do this jointly during our workshop between the select uh, board, selection men, community board, and the school committee. Um, and we decided because we wanted to hear the community's future-focused thoughts about how to create a facility that meets the educational needs of our town and also achieves a level of consensus that kind of reasonably ensures that there could be passage at town meeting and at a ballot vote. Um, so tonight, just for some ground rules, we will accept comments from the room as well as on video. In addition, after the session, there is a Google Doc form posted on the town and school websites. It will open up at 9 o'clock. Um, for additional reflection, those times where you think, oh, I, I wish I had said this or I hadn't really thought of that, please use that. That will be open for a week until just before our school committee meeting on the 14th. Um, it is also on the school website. Um, and. Uh, Gus and I expect this session to take about two hours, perhaps less. And if we're looking at more than that, we'll probably look to another session, session so we can kind of continue to hear from you with fresh ears. Um, in the spirit of moving forward, though, we ask that you don't propose specific architectural plans or really lobby one way or another, but talk to us about process. Talk to us about your tolerances, Talk to us about communication, how we make decisions as a town, how boards make decisions, um, and how do we, and this is, I think, so important, how do we directly and accurately communicate town projects, not just the school committee, not just the select board, but you know, whatever board, school, building committee, or future planning boards, 
How do we communicate directly to you and receive your feedback directly back to us in a way that is meaningful and in a way that allows you to feel heard? Because I think that that's really the most important part about this, that this is a beginning of a whole new, not new, but it's a, it's a fresh start for us at this point. Let's try to figure out how we do this as a community in the project that we have ahead of us, but also over time because this is not going to be the first project that we have, and it is not going to be the last. So um, you may hear some strongly held opinions tonight, and you may hear things that people have misunderstood or believed, and then they present them as known facts, and we'll try to address them as we hear them, because there's a lot of information out there. Um, but it's possible we might not catch them, and or that if we corrected something, you know, particularly something fairly small, we don't want to derail the spirit of the listening and of the meeting. Okay, so in that spirit, we ask each person here or on Zoom to acknowledge that you speak for yourself, that those who have been heard at length before, during, or after the previous vote, maybe give those who were not heard quite as much a little bit of room. Um, and we'll just ask for grace through this meeting and and we will return that as well. Okay. So Gus, do you have opening yeah, statements? Yeah, couple, no, it's not a statement, but it's it's some comments, uh, at least speaking on the, uh, the Board of Selectmen side. And from a personal perspective, as a member of that board, that the process we went through last fall, uh, among other things, wound up polarizing the town. And so the, the reason for this, before we have a building committee, before we actually are on the railroad tracks to try to move forward with a new school, at this point in time, the reason here is to certainly listen and to hear what people have in mind, but it's also to set a different tone about how the overall conversations within uh, in the town go. Uh, so the idea in the hope at least of this meeting is that we can have some conversations where we, we kind of rediscover the, the quality of conversations that we've always had in Medfield. That doesn't mean they haven't been tested. We've had some pretty, pretty sore, you know, stressful conversations, but somehow at the end, we always came out in a spot where everybody sort of understood what they didn't agree with across the board, but they understood the resolution of all that got us to a place that at least the vast majority of people here in town could sign up for and say, yeah, this is, Maybe it's not exactly what I wanted, but it's not a bad thing. So, so the method to the madness here tonight is to not get dragged back down into specific things, specific arguments about particular details. It's really asking you, what is it we, that you would like the town to keep in mind as we move forward with a reconceived school project? What do you think we should keep in mind around, I don't mean the specific design of the school, but if there's things about the school and what it becomes or what it's gonna, how it's gonna be that you think are important at, at a broad goal objective quality standpoint, we wanna hear those. And if there are things about the way we go about getting to that school that you think are important in terms of how we engage the public, how we listen, how, how, how there's a back and forth at key times. Obviously, we can't do this every night of the week when we're trying to push a school forward. But if there's things that we should keep in mind about how we go about doing business here, 
that's what we want to start at least start to take away tonight and, and with this Google Doc that will be up there, it's going to give people more opportunity to do that. Make one comment. Uh, since last fall, I've had the opportunity to listen, be engaged in conversations and to observe conversations in places like Facebook and other places. I have come to believe that there is an answer. There's an answer that everybody can live with. When I listen to what people are saying now, I think there is an answer there. And it's, and it's not one that's gonna be half the town wins and half the town doesn't, because we need a super majority in order to be able to move ahead. So the hope is that that's the spirit, that's the tone. We're hoping that all of you can at least set the right course for that conversation. Now that we'll get into the details after the town meeting. That's what we're looking for right now. Um, so in that spirit, I'm uh, looking for a link that I can actually get into the Zoom so I can see. So I think at this point, um, Owen, uh, so is there anyone who would like to come up and speak here now? Anyone feel like breaking the ice? Should we bring somebody over on Zoom? So Robert, I wow, see. You know my first name. I do. <laughs> Uh oh. Uh, this is so come on up. I uh, do need you to come up here so that we can have it recorded on the. That's nor did I. We're all we're all cash here. Oh, is it there? Okay. I know. So I don't even stop. I'm sorry. This is what happens when you are the guy who breaks the ice. Oh, this is not intimidating. No. So when did you first get interested in the Supreme Court? Yes, I did. I guess um, without getting into Robert Herb Zebra Seven Cross Street because I think that's how we do things. That yeah. seems to be the way it uh, is. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so, so for me, um, you know, throughout the entire process, um, the last time, uh, and and for me, it was about data points. I mean, we had a couple of data points along the way, with I think it was Springtown meeting and and other survey type of things that were done during the lead up to the town meeting vote and the um, you know, the actual election, the, the ballot vote. And, and for me, it's, I mean, I'm not a statistician by any, any means, um, but when I started looking at the populations of people that were taken in those surveys, those were significant for the town. I mean, it, it, you don't need 4,000 people to get, oh, this is the way things are going. And for me, I started looking at those and going, is that support there? Like, and, and from the committees and, and the things that were going on, it was, don't worry about, it. we have the support, this is gonna work, this is, but the numbers didn't say that. Like the actual data, and we live in a completely data-driven society. So to hear the messaging coming from the, yeah, again, I don't wanna talk history, but again, it, it's in general, the messaging that was coming was the, so, you know, we have the support, this is going to move forward and, and all of that, when the data didn't, didn't say that, it didn't back it up. And whether or not we had chances to, you know, ask for extent, and this is like in pan, you know, root in pandemic time, when rules were probably as flexible as they're ever going to be. Um, I just really didn't think we took 
full opportunity of looking at those and just saying, maybe we don't, you know, maybe we don't have the support for this. Maybe, maybe we really, and so I guess I'm just saying going forward, we should take those things seriously, really seriously. When we do take surveys, when we ask people, are you comfortable in doing this or that or whatever, we do not dismiss and we don't say they don't know, they're not the experts, they don't, you know, all of that kind of stuff, which really not only makes people feel, you know, excluded from the process and, and maybe a little bitter about the process, but really just doesn't, doesn't say when you get, I mean, we went through the, the town, uh, the, um, sorry, the special town meeting where it didn't fly. And then we went through the ballot again where it didn't fly. And then we had five data points that all said the same exact thing. And so I think we need to be, if, if moving it forward, no matter what the survey says in terms of the results, depending on the questions we ask, and we should ask questions. Like, again, we need to take that feedback seriously and not say, don't worry, it will work next time. It will work this time. It will work, because guess what? We got to the final vote and it didn't work. And we can't say, well, everything else pointed to the fact that it was going to work because it didn't. It just absolutely didn't. So for me, you know, taking all the emotion, taking all the, all the, you know, oh, the town needs this type of stuff, which we all know we need it. And just looking at those numbers, there was nothing in those numbers that say, let's just plow ahead and, and we're good. And to me, that was the biggest, the biggest shock out of the whole process. Experts would look at those numbers and say, we don't have the support and we need to do something different. And again, I don't, I mean, it may have been change in messaging. It may have been better messaging. It, and for me, it was, this is just not the project that the town wants at this time. And maybe the size, scope, whatever it was, the numbers were there. And I don't think that was respected. And I think that needs to be respected going forward. If the data says it's not flying, we can't just say, don't worry, we'll handle that. That shouldn't be the response to that. You know, what I appeared to happen or what I saw was happening in the last, um, the last go around. That's my two cents. Can I, um, can I mix, uh, ask a sure. clarifying question? Yeah. Can you tell me specifically where you feel like you got your data the most, your um, information about the project? Where do you feel like, where do you, where did you get it as okay. a townsperson? I'm going to ask everybody this because okay. I, I want to know. Thanks for not singling me. I went to a handful of the visioning sessions. Okay, I went to the meetings when I could. Mm -hmm. um, I, you know, of course, you probably know my first name from Facebook, so probably there. Um, you know, I, I again, I, I tried to get, you know, even... See, for me, until there's a price tag on something, not, not for me, but let me rephrase that. For, I think, a yeah, lot of valid. people, until there's a price tag, like mm -hmm. until there was that final vote, I mean, I was shocked. I was absolutely, I mean, I stood on the corner for a long time. I was absolutely shocked at the number of cars that I saw coming into the, um, you know, into Ice House Road. But it was until that time when, there, and, you know, even the loop around, you know, during, for the special town meeting, until there was a $80 million, you know, price on the table, that is what drove people, you know, to be there, okay. you know, at the end of the day. Um, I, I think it all works. I think it, it's all, you know, and, and again, I, I just, I don't know, I, I can't say I'm not a communications expert, what's the best way to do things. Um, but I think if there was more like point and counterpoint, instead of like, this is, this is the way that, this, this is the best way, period. 
and 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 I think there was some of that. And again, I think that's not an inclusive way of of handling, you know. And you can't again, you're not going to make anybody happy. The goal is is to get 67 percent of the people behind this, so that you go to the special town meeting and it's like we got 68.2 percent. But at least you know you go to the ballot vote and it's the slam dunk, you know, way over the 50 percent that you need. I just I think it's a combination of a lot of things. Um, but I, I mean, from what I heard and what I saw, it was also a lot of people felt that it was done before, the, the plan was done before it was really like, hey, what do you think of this? So I think there was, to some extent, there was a like, okay, you have a 60, whatever, 60, 70 million dollar building. It's gonna be at Wheelock. It's gonna have learning stairs. It's gonna have this, it's gonna have that, it's gonna have that. And even some of the early visioning sessions that I went to weren't really question and answer type of things. They were like, hey, we need to meet, you know, this educational thing and that, and we, we're doing this and we're doing that. And we, and we want these big windows and we want this and we want that. And it wasn't really like, do the people in the room want that? Like, do they, do they see that? Do they actually see something? Like, it, it was never like, hey, you know, there, there's a potential of a reno on the table. You know, back in the, the very early, you know, visioning sessions, it was more like, hey, look at this beautiful new thing we can build. So you kind of look at that and you go, well, was that decided already? Like, or are we actually in a visioning session to say, what might the town want, you know, moving forward? And, and those were, you know, I'm looking at the number of people here. They actually had more people than even that were here at the early visioning sessions. I mean, they filled a big room in you know, the cafeteria in, um, in Dale. Um, so again, I don't think there's any good or bad or, or whatever way. I mean, I don't think you're going to get a lot of people who come out to every single meeting, um, you know, to, and, and, you know, even a meeting like this, you assume that because it's not in the high school gymnasium that you are going to get 400 people turning out for a meeting like this. Um, and again, but I just really think that putting more questions, more like, can you stomach a 1000 or what is 850 or whatever it turned out to be? Um, you know, average tax increase for what we're intending to do. Oh, that's a money question. Lots of people get on board, you know. And, and you know, I, I guess just going back to my entire, you know, I guess my two points are that believe the numbers. You know, if you're going to go out and you're going to do surveys and you're going to, you know, ask people where, where might you like the school? And a certain percentage say over here and a certain percentage say over here. You, and it, it's, it's, you know, significantly different. You go, okay, maybe we should consider that because later on that could be a roadblock. That could be a stumbling point, not just go that and people didn't know enough about it. You know, so, you know, we, we know what we're doing um, because like I said, this is a town decision. You know, that this is, you know, well, we have to 12,000 people, 13,000, 9,000 voters or 8,000 voters. Would we have 4,000 turnout for 4,500 at the, the ballot? It was some... Great, amazing number of people turned out. Um, but again, it, it's just, it's again, it, it's for me, it's about how to make people feel included. And I think if they feel more included, and I'm not saying, you know, like you said, not everyone's going to get what they want. But at the end of the day, if they feel listened to, I think they're more, they're more, they're more um, apt to say, okay, I'm not going to win that one but I still support the school in town, as opposed to, hold on a second, this whole decision was made already. So 
then they put, they, they're telling me the price of it. And now I'm kind of upset that there wasn't this kind of input. And so I think there were some anger no votes against it. I think there were some legitimate, you know, everyone talks about the percentage that will vote no if the taxes are going up, period, end of story. Um, and then there were, you know, and then you had the rest, you know, you had the people who were on one, you know, one side or another and, and just kind of, you know, dug in the heels and, and went from there. You know, do I feel like we can get to where we need to be? Um, yes. Um, do I feel like I think we can be more creative um, with what we decide to do instead of necessarily just saying, but, you know, let's build a building, let's build another building, let's build, you know, can, can we somehow even get to more, you know, in 2015, I'll take personal, you know, I, I threw out an idea that said, you know, maybe we, if, you know, I heard this thing about making campuses, getting more kids into a single school, get more grades into a single location, preventing transitions, reducing anxiety, all for it. I think those are all great things. Um, you know, do we have the potential to, you know, do something like expand Wheelock or expand Memorial and say, hmm, then we still have to be able to possibly do a community center later on. Like, do we have unique options? And again, especially, um, you know, if we're going to do it our own versus MSBA versus, you know, MSBA locks us into a lot of things. You know, 900 square foot classrooms and this and that. And, you know, I'm not saying it's bad or good or whatever. It just, it's a set of rules that we have to abide by. So do we actually decide to say, you know, and I think if people maybe saw more of the, like, uh, more of like, hey, we have these options. And I'm not saying like the final, like, it, it was basically by the time that the, everyone saw the sheet of pricing and all of the buildings and all of that kind of stuff. It's like one meeting over zoom that I think got cut off. I think that was one of the, the bad zoom meetings. Um, you know, I, I think everyone was like, hold on. Why, why couldn't the ad reno be like enough? No one was really sure about why that, you know, the price is pretty good. You know, why aren't we figuring out how to do that? Park and rec came up later on in the process. Hmm, why couldn't, if we're not, if we potentially didn't do MSBA, could we actually do a building that had both? Like, can, can we get creative? Like, can, I mean, we have a whole bunch of smart people in this town. Um, and, and so for me, part of it was like, it seemed like we were just kind of plunking a building and following the rules of the MSBA. And, you know, that was, that was it. You know, that was the plan and that's the road we were going down. And, and, and again, I think that it appeared at least that was decided very early on and everything fell into line with that. Um, so again, I don't know, but I think if if there are no, I think if there are no set things going into the process, like I think if we completely look at it and we say, we don't have preconceived notions and that's gonna be really hard to do because of exactly what we just went through over the past two years, you know, I know it's longer, but two years of, of fun times in the town. Um, I, I think more that's how you're going to get to the 67%. You know, I think if, if you really, everyone says, okay, we're open-minded and we're not going to go back down this, we could potentially go back down the same road, but we're not, we're not going to be like, that's the only way we can go. I think that's how you bring people back into the fold. I think that's how you, you know, again, start getting more consensus. I think if you plunk down an MSBA exact building, that is going to, be, you know, and again, I'm not saying it's the right or the wrong thing, but in the same place, in the same size, doing all the same things again, I think you're going to go down the same road with everything else too. I think you're going to, you know, did anyone listen? So, okay. 
I got winded. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I have one question for you. Yeah, Can you tell me how you would conceive of a, a centralized or way of being able to have an SBA or a town um, project in or which SBA. there is, SBA. I'm sorry, a school building association, oh, wait, MSBA, MSBA. sorry, for the school S SBC, yes. MSBA, and I am right there in Alphabet City with you. Um, how, how does the town, and, and I'm, that's just a noun, get that information to you to say, okay, this is really important that you get engaged now. We've got a decision mm -hmm. now. How do we get direct information to people? And I'm also going to ask the rest of you, please give me your ideas about how does that happen? We have an opportunity now before the school buildings yeah. is even that. brought together that they can hear how we do that. What you know, we have the, the option of sending out a blast to mm -hmm. every family that has children attending the public schools, but the town doesn't get to do that. And then we end up missing, you know, like we can't do that to the town, right? Yeah. So, so how do we kind of put those pieces in place? Because you're right, it is a town yeah. as well as a school project. Pete and I years ago used to have conversations about about how to better market to the town. Right. We have the technology for that. Yeah. You know, how, how do we actually create something? Or, you know, again, I hate spending money on this kind of stuff, but like, how do we do something that better, again, so you don't have to be in a, in a, a point in town. Like my kids are right. almost out of the school, so I'm going to lose information because I'm going to be leaving the schools and mm -hmm. I'll be like, oh, really, that's happening? Um, you know, even things, you know, like even the little things, like things that happen at the Zulu. Like if you're not in certain circles or in certain whatever, maybe new in town or this or that, you know, I'm not new in town anymore. Um, but, you know, how do you, how do you, and I, I think this is a question for the town. Like how do you, how do you get, we all, I mean, the town has everybody's phone numbers, correct? Like your access to everybody's phone numbers. It's generally like, meant for emergencies. Yeah, I know, but I I'm just saying, kind of, some, yeah. some type of you know, whether it's email, whether it's you know, Text something. Things. But that's uh, more of an opt out than an in, yeah. than an opt in, because I think that you know, there was like a, we kept on asking people for their emails, yep. but then that's always within your same echo chamber, right? Yeah, no, I. And then tough. so there's that whole really like. Tough this is not the last project we're going to have. So, yeah. so maybe we need to be thinking more holistically as town, as opposed to, you know, like school and town and how do we, how do we get those communication kind yeah. of things in there? I mean, I, I work at a university. You don't have to solve it. Yeah, uh, I don't worry about university it. <laughs> that's about the same size as the town, 15,000 yeah. people. Yeah. And it's hard to get information out there. And mm -hmm. they're all, they're all literally in the same business. You know, we all know each other's emails are unable to blast out things and all that. And there's even hesitation to doing that in a community that's mm -hmm. all kind of on the same page as opposed to a town where everyone kind of, kind of comes and goes. We all live in the town, but we know a couple hundred people in the town, you know, out of the 12,000 um, that live here. So, I, again, it, that's a that's a really kind of a... It's a dinger of a problem, isn't it? So, yeah. so the first I, I have a, survey. a different, slightly different question for you on this topic, though. 
and then, and then we should probably yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. thank yeah. you for your uh, scare everybody else is scared to get up show. here because we're about been up here for so long. you said something earlier about present the public with options so don't present you know here's how it works here's how it's going you know here's the railroad tracks mm -hmm. and we just had a conversation that started to feel to me like, how do we pump the information out to tell you all what we're doing? So my wow. question is, what is it? And it's all complex stuff. So it's not like, oh, we'll just give you a five minute capsule and you'll understand everything that's going on in the project. So somewhere there's a whole lot of data and I'm trying to picture how we engage the town at critical points in time where the decision is yet to be made so that the, the people hear what the options are. It, and the tricky part is that some of these decisions are complex. So it's kind of like, well, we'll give you the option. You're not the expert, but we kind of want to let you know what we're thinking and why we're thinking it and what these options are. And we'd like your feedback and your reaction to that. And that's a, that's a different communication process than just how do we pump information out to people. I mean, Any thoughts to, about what you'd like to see the town do for that front part of it? I think that it kind of meshes too, right? Yeah. Like it's, it, it has to somehow because yeah. just the sheer volume of data. Yeah. Uh, and, and so, you know, I, I guess I get because I've seen multiple projects, you know, since you know the 20 years I've lived in town. Um, and, and for me, it was always it was always to see I, I wish there were uh, more concrete choices at the beginning. Like, like so, so instead of saying that, saying that, well, we're going to go down the process, and and you know, it, it feels like we make we make decisions at the beginning, and then we go full tilt, and then it's like, here's your option at the end. Instead of at the beginning saying that we have three or four concrete that we don't all agree with, but they, they're all kind of unique in their own way. And, you know, this one we estimate is gonna cost, I mean, again, it doesn't have to be exact, but at least we can say, you know, out of these four, out of these five, we're gonna pick one. Um, you know, instead of saying kind of like, well, there's three small variations. Like, I think if there were more kind of distinct choices and ideas at the yeah, I was an expert. But your MSBA process had milestones or gateways that you had to gain approval. Yep. What if, as we're talking about this, there were milestones or gateways amongst the community? Yeah. And we have to hit certain thresholds or support in order to advance. And I'm not saying that necessarily we do it, but that conceptually matches. Exactly, because that goes back to my. It's like I think it's from the beginning that built into your process. The early survey, I think one of the first surveys was. Was it location? Yeah. It was location. And it was 400 people. I don't know how many replied. It was a couple hundred people, I think, replied to it. And so it's, it's, let's talk about but one, but, but one yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not talking about that one thing, but I'm talking about the concept of when you get a number, when you get a data point, when you get something, you need to deal with that data point. I, again, I'm going to loop back and say it just can't be dismissed. It can't be somewhat summarily like, nope. Um, that, sh that should be a stopping point. And uh, okay, we need to dig deeper and find out why. And we either need to change the opinion of these people because we do not have the support for what we thought we had support for, 
or we can't move this forward. And, and I know MSBA has not only milestones, but they also have timelines. They don't want you to be in the process for you know 18 years trying to develop the school. Um, but so that's why I, I don't know, like, is it good that we get in or potentially back in sooner? I heard that at the last meeting or later or, or whatever. Um, but, you know, I, I think we could, I think Tim, Timothy, sorry, Tim, okay. um, it is a great point um, to say, yes, there should be these kind of, you know, checkpoints to say, yeah, we, we don't have the support and, and take it seriously, even if no one else agrees with it. Because at the end of the day, you guys get to vote, but 4,500 other people get to vote too. So, you know, I, I think there was a, 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 I think the final vote showed there was enough people who thought this isn't the direction we wanted to go. Um, and, and so, again, I don't know how that, that morphs itself into what the next school building, building committee looks like, you know, in terms of who's on it and what the mix is and how big it is and, and all of that kind of stuff. And again, I don't know what that looks like, but I really like that idea of taking the checkpoint seriously so that when you get to the next one, people can go, well, we generally have consensus on the whatever that first checkpoint was. And if you don't, you need to go back and figure it out. And, and, you know, and again, you just can't get to that final point. The, the metric is 67%. That's the mission of the SBC. That's right. Sixty-seven. Well, that's the minimum standard. Yeah, I don't think you're going to get. I don't think you're going to get sixty-seven percent on every single checkpoint along the way. No, I, I'm not saying that, but I'm saying we've got to build that. If you are, yeah, the, 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 every step along the way is sixty-seven percent of the have to say yes. I mean, I'm not saying every step, but that's. Let's take a push back. I, I appreciate Robert when you your opening remarks where. If early on the signal is X and the town is not responding to X, it's responding to Y, there's a red flag that says, wait a minute, what, what, can we go to the, to the people that asked for something? And that was, and, and X is larger than Y. Um, that's, that's, that's where I think a session like this and then that session of, you know, what do, what are the families, especially the young families that are, that are going to have kids going from kindergarten, hopefully straight to high school, what are they looking for for for, I don't even want to get into location. It's really, what are they looking for? When I moved to Medfield, uh, middle of my sophomore year, it was a three grade high school. It was sophomore, junior, senior, right? So mm -hmm. I'm watching this town, the schools shift around, where grades are. So we don't have to be married to where kids are today and what grades are in certain buildings. But can we think about it as we move forward and we start getting his feedback? What do people want to see? So when we hear the term campus, I get that. So, to, so push everything off the table and say, what is it, what is it, what should we be looking like? And those are the type of questions that we're going to get the feedback. And if the and what will be hard, and this isn't going to be an easy decision, if everything that comes back is still 50-50, we've got to find out what is going to sway to a majority. Right. And, and that's not an easy task, but if you do it and you're honest and you're upfront and you're transparent, you get people to at least come and give you the answers. And if you if you have to give answers that they may not like, if you do it again in an honest, upfront, transparent way. They can at least look at it and say, okay, these are the facts. I understand why you're doing what you're doing. It's going to be hard because yeah. I think, I mean, even though we're months out from the, you know, all, all the stuff that went on, I, I think there's probably still a good deal of, um, you know, uh, under underlying, you know, simmering, um, you know, about the process. So when people start hearing about the process again, it's, it's I mean, it's still, it's not that long ago. Um, so again, it's going to be more challenging than I think 
the first time even um, because there was a lot of that. I hope that the school committee bylaw group, I hope that just that sends a signal that we're going to start off with a different foundation. We are engaging different components of the, of the community. So when we start responding by listening and then acting on that, I think just that new committee starts to send the right signal. Yeah. Right? Uh, because and even the, the people that are in the bylaw group right now, a vast bit of knowledge, especially having been on, a, a lot of those guys and gals have been on so many different committees, they bring a wealth of knowledge. Mm -hmm. So those are the type of things that it's baby steps, right? We're not, this is not going to be one big leap more where at the finish line, but the little baby steps, the little bits of, you can trust us, we're listening. I mean, I'll sit here right now, I'm the new selectman in town. I ran because it is absolutely positively imperative that we listen to the voices of Mexico. And you know, I've said this when I sat across from Mike Martucci, whom I think the world of. I'm like, Mike, when we start telling the citizens of this town, hey, listen, listen to the committees, kind of pay your taxes. Like, no, 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 no. The committees are our starting point in my mind, but listening to the citizens, listening to what they really want is going to be so vital. That right there starts to build the right type of trust. When you get the trust, you can start to get the majority. You get the majority, you can make 67% being more like, what was it, Ashland that got 90, 97%? I mean, that's, that's what we want. It's something we're not even going to question. We know we've listened. We know we're going the right direction. We're not going to get everybody, but we're going to get a significant majority. And, and I think I think if, if it goes kind of like almost like a, like a ping pong table where, you know, ideas are put out, they're sounded off the community, and then the committee says okay we you know we're not in 100 percent agreement with what people are saying but people are saying this yeah. um so you know win some lose some give and take and all that i think that's how you get to the 67 percent. and I, I really you know no one expects 100 percent of everything um but you know again if they i think a lot of people also don't they, they want again they want to feel like part of the process and they can go to the poll and go well i think it's not everything that i wanted but i'm comfortable with it and that's a yes, okay. And I think that's the that's the sixty-seven and the above fifty at the at the balance. And that goes to your question about process. Like, like how do we make sure? I've got I'm going to call rep. I'm yeah. going to be a rep here. Thanks. The, the, the issue it's, we have yeah. here is we want to hear what your concerns are about what these things. We're not actually trying to prognosticate on no, what the future will bring. No, again, again. we're not. We're not trying to structure anything. We're not even trying to resolve issues here. Okay. What we're looking for is inputs on the things you think we need to keep in mind as we move forward. So we're we're getting down into some weeds. Yeah. Okay. Fair uh, wouldn't do that. But Robert, as I as I wrap up what you said, you would like to see more data points specifically around process when there are data points, either be it through process or through information that is gathered. Process slash decision points. Like yes. when, when there's important it. like there were definitely important decision points which mm -hmm. came out of this past thing we yeah. went through. Um, and, and a and little so bit those, more those, those need to be sounded off against the community okay. before it gets moved on to the next one. And then, and then you're, the process gets so far down the road, it's really hard to pivot or change or be flexible. And that's completely understandable. And those milestones you're talking about may or may not line up with an SBA milestone. There's there's a whole set of no, I'm not even, things. I'm not even considering an SBA right. stuff. Yeah. I'm just saying, you know, if we were sitting in a vacuum in a town, Ideally, you'd want all 4,000 people who voted in a room discussing things and coming to a consensus. And then we could just rubber stamp the thing and, and, and move on. It's not the way it works. But again, to get five or 600 people in a survey type of thing, if we can, um, that, that generally is statistically significant in a town 
that are sized that you know most <coughs> they get to about four thousand. So there, yeah, and there also needs to be, uh, from what I'm hearing, a a a system around data collection there that is agreed upon by everyone. That yeah. you know, like so that that's and because I know that that's one of those things we've talked about. And then we're going to move on to the next person in the next because I think it's really important. Yeah. Thank you though, because it's always hard to break the ice. But it does seem like there is room for the next SBC. Certainly we have asked for it, and I think we've all kind of talked about it and I've gotten reflections that we need to have somebody who uh, is seen as an, a neutral party or a professional party being able to find that um, that information so that there's like a consensus around, you know, like how do we scientifically find these these points? And that's yeah. a tough one. And it's as, as tough as the communication out. Yeah. And right? I'm just glad we don't live in a 50,000 person town. It might actually be a little easier. I don't know. <laughs> you know um, All right. But yeah, again, I, I just, I, the more, the more inclusive people think the process is, mm -hmm. I think, I think the more consensus, the more agreement and the easier it is to get to the end of the process. Great. Um, and I, I just, I, that's my number one, you know, on the list. Okay, thank you, Robert, appreciate it. Okay. Now, do I have um, anybody in the room or if anybody, the way that we'll call people will run. Oh, oh, Bob's playing. Um, and then uh, if people would like to comment online or get into kind of the queue to comment online, uh, certainly feel free to raise your hands and we'll kind of take people as they go. So Bob Stein, Six Silver Field Drive. Um, Hi, Bob. The one experience, well, I, you know, having been through the experience, I make one recommendation to go forward, mm -hmm. and I think is to establish a price point. I think absolutely, uh, you know, having seen and gone through the process, um, the the issue of going forward without a price point puts responsibility in the wrong hands. Mm -hmm. Um, if you have a building committee there to build the building, um, you know, they can, they can go from the Taj Mahal to, you know, statements about, you know, overspending, etc. I think that if you don't, we as a, as a town and you as the leadership should put down on paper in a pro forma, this is what the town can afford, put it in the context of the current and going forward and make a decision based upon that. I think to do that um, will give direction to the experts who are putting the building together. Uh, it will give uh, context on what is peripheral and what is absolutely necessary. And what it also will do is it'll set the standard for the parents and for the taxpayer as to what it is we can decide. Uh, you know, at some point you get down to the end of the road and it's gonna be a vote. And uh, the vote was never assured and it was always a risk. And it will always be a risk. The 67% is a, it's a high extremely bar. high bar. Mm -hmm. So in my judgment uh, and my experience is make a number. And then you can say, and this is what that number will build. 
and then we say to the school built committee, run your school based upon that, and to the town, to select people, select boards. This is what the impact's gonna be on our taxes going forward, and go from there. You know, we, and I think that should be done in the context of the MSBA as well. You know, if $63 million was too high, then what's the number? Is it 60? Is it 60 by the town by itself? Do we build a school with 60 million and build a rec center and build a community center on an existing site? Those are all decisions I think that, you know, when you talk about communication to the, to the, to the community, that is something that is not abstract. You can put that down and you can say, we got $55 million folks. What do you want to do with it? You want to build a school? You want to add classrooms at Dale? You want to build a park and rec into it? So we're on our own? Or do you want to take the opportunity to look at, you know, we, we complain that the state gives us nothing. And it does. Right now, it gives us a million dollars for schools. We know we get 1% growth. We don't even save with inflation. We should go with our eyes open saying, and oh, by the way, we don't want to take advantage of a program that might be available to us. It could be worth $15 million. And that's fine. But it shouldn't be done in a, my opinion is, those are real numbers. And we got a leadership people who can put that together. So that's my recommendation. Um, again, I'm gonna go back to the communication. And how do we get people engaged in that discussion? Do you think, and how do you think that we reach the largest swath of the community so that they feel engaged? In that because you know I'm also looking at we have 63 attendees and you know what 15 20 people here um, and this is so how do we get more people engaged because this is not a huge portion of people how do we get more people in so that when we make those decisions, when we say we, meaning all of us, when we say, okay, we've got $55,000, $55 million, $55,000. Um, and, and these are the things, these are the priorities. How do we get more people engaged so that we don't get to within two months of the vote, people say 55 is just way too much, or what do you mean 55? We can't well, do something put a, I think if you put a number on the table, you're gonna get people engaged very quickly. <laughs> Okay. If you tell people that you're going to spend seventy million, it's going to cost you a thousand dollars in your tax bill. You'll get them engaged. If you tell them it's fifty-five million, and and it's going to be seven hundred dollars in your tax bill, mm -hmm. and fifty-five million dollars will build a school that looks like this, you'll get people engaged. I I think you need to have it. You know, it's it's the abstract mm -hmm. that causes the problem, right? You know, you put something forward and the facts are the facts. But if we don't use hard numbers, then all you have to do is create doubt. Mm -hmm. 
And and when you talk about when you talk about communication, you know, and I'm not to revisit any history, but the compliments to the Warren Committee. I'm speaking of myself as a person, but mm -hmm. the compliment this compliments to the Warren Committee Absolutely. was we should have done this two years ago. Mm -hmm. So, but the, but I believe that not belief, my opinion is by putting the number in front and saying, this is what it'll buy. Because, you know, the idea was, go build the best school you can. And it was a school that was competitive with the region, and it was too expensive. So, Bob, are you suggesting that the town government should suggest the number, or should we be fooling the residents somehow to get their number? Should we be asking the residents what number they want? Well, I think it goes two ways on that peak. I think the first one is we have a view, you know, and I would say from a perspective of town management, the select board, school board, and school committee, and the Warren committee has a view of what the financial what the financial position of the town is. So, in the context of the financial position of the town. We can give a scenario, and it wouldn't be one number. I think it would be. It wouldn't. It does. I mean, the numbers are there already, right? Yeah. The right. The numbers are there already. You could. We could give five or six options. Standalone through the park and rec. You know, the park and rec. You know, put it all in community center. This is what you know. It would cost X amount. You get this kind of a school, and it would cost your taxes this amount. Take that choice of the five choices. Well, you know, you, you, said, you know, the concept of, of uh, you know, put the number out there and say, and then you give feedback. You give people a number, they'll give you feedback. Yeah. Well, would you give them a, like a choice of five numbers? You know, here's the school alone, here's the, the park and rec facility, or something. Well, like that. I mean, I, I think in some context, yes. I mean, those are some of the conversations right now. That seems to be one of the pieces that's being that's been discussed saying well let's just do it all together ourselves in a, in a park and rec okay because msba won't won't allow us to build a building that's not for school purposes right so i guess that's option a, a through e right but i think in each one of those concepts you know and, and again you know it's it's a like every number, it's a it's an estimate, right? It's a, the assumptions of interest, the assumption of time, the assumption of construction costs, all of which were built in before. But I think you know when you give that guidance, which is you know direction to a building committee. I mean that that building committee could very easily have given you a building for fifty million dollars. You're giving them fifty million dollars, they build you a building. They gave you a building that was sixty-three million dollars, and we said it's too expensive. Well, that's that's like Russian roulette, you know. It's not fair. Thought I'm struggling with something in terms of trying to visualize. Um, there's two two points. Number one, in my head, trying to picture what this would be like. I picture. I think when many of us, but certainly when we moved from Connecticut in a lower real estate market up to Medfield, when we moved, we moved with a range of 
you know, it was a price range. It wasn't a target price. It was like, I think based on what I know of the market, it's between here and here is what the what the house will be. Then we went into the market and we looked at houses and in some towns that we looked at, it was like, gee, that range isn't good enough. And then we decided not to look at that town. Then we came here and it was at the high end of the range, but it was in the range. Mm -hmm. I can picture that kind of a framework more easily than here's the money you have, go build a you know, building. But the thing I'm struggling with is how does the education program that the schools is pursuing, how does that get fed into it? Because it get, that, that process, if it's merely a price, here's your number, here's your budget, as much as I push for budgets, so you know, I'm hard-nosed on cost, I respect the professional side of defining an education program, understanding where things are going. I'm not talking about MSBA standards. I'm talking about just some broad concepts of where the education system needs to go to kind of, you know, stay abreast of what the current thinking is. And I, I'm trying to picture how that piece gets fed into getting to that number. Well, you know, in, in all fairness, <laughs> in all candor, you have a number. I mean, you've stated your number at different board meetings. So, right. so, so you know how you, you put a number down. But well, not as no, a, no, I, no, me, no, I'm going to answer. Not, okay. That's not an attack. I okay. don't want to think it's an attack. No, you, no. You, you've had enough. Sorry, that right. was the, the conflict. The, the, um, <laughs> the, um, I think that's one of the decision points. When you say, when we say the number is $600 for tax increase, you can't go more than that. Then you say, okay, then that'll build a school. Fifty-two million. Okay, and then the school board says, "Okay, a fifty-two million dollar school is going to give us this, mm -hmm. right?" And then the decision is: the person who's coming up from Connecticut will make their decision too. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to go to Medfield because, you know, Westwood's building an eighty million dollar school, and Medfield's building a fifty-two million dollar school. But that puts things in context. I mean, I, I guess I'm a finance guy. So to me, it's, but it, it becomes a number. Now we can say it's a lot of other things. Yeah, it's the, it's the whale, well feel here and it's the view of the, of the dog walk and all that. But the reality is, I think those things are manageable. I, I do believe that the two pieces are how much does it cost and what's the return on that cost going to be? And I do think it comes in that context that you go, you go to Jeff and you go to Jess and their group and you say, okay, this is what you got. Build a school. Because what we, what they, what we did in the past was the best solution that the school board and the school administration was build a campus for all the different reasons. But a $63 million price tag, people said it's not worth the campus. So if you say $52 million, then you're not going to have a campus. Or maybe it's $52 million on an ad rental of a, of a building. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know if that answers your question, but I mean, I do think that I think people have got a number in that hit. And they, and you know, and I think the idea, you know. You, you got all kinds of conversations about we're building the Taj Mahal to 
why do the kids, why can't the kids walk home for lunch? Mm-hmm. I mean, but, but, but the constraint is how much you can spend. And the constraint on the how much you can spend is how much the cost of taxpayer. So how much is it worth to the, to the, to the, to the I don't have any kids in school. Okay. So, mm-hmm. and, and versus how much is it worth to the, to the family that has a second grade or third grade or in the first grade or not. So I don't know if that's answered yeah, question. Right, but I don't know. Yeah. That, I don't know if that concept. I think, to me, it's yeah. I think you did. You know, and I do think, and I put it on to, to your answer to your question, Pete. I put it on the leadership to put the number, down. and so we don't just go, okay, let's. If we build it, they will come. It doesn't work. Bob, you just give the uh, uh, one number, you wouldn't give them a choice. No, I, I I would tell them, I, I think in our concept there, you know, in any kind of a pro forma, you can say this school will give you, you know, we know what a $63 million school would give us. Yeah. We've got that one. Okay. So probably not going to go over 63, right? So walk it down from 63. And, and then. Then when you walk it down from 63, you say, what are the combinations of it, you know? And Although there's room also for more creative thinking, you know, like in other words, we're just looking for how can we water this down, but it's basically still the same thing. It's there's room. For well, no, I, I'm not saying water it down. Yeah. I'm just yeah. saying, you know, build the best you can. But if the number is $600 for, you know, for the average taxpayer in town, and leadership believes that that's the number, then, you know, who are we to say, no, it's going to be 800, but it's going to go down to 700. Then, you, then you're acting like, you know, then you're getting into the, oh, you're smarter than me. If it's 600, it's 600. And, and then you can get, you know, the people, the, the people who build schools every day. I'm not saying that's the number. I'm just saying, mm-hmm. I'm yeah, saying, yeah. I'm saying the people who build a school can bill you with $600 school time, whatever the $50 million you mean, they're going to tell you, you know, the gym and this, and you know, it's not going to have the plants and, you know, this, you stop working to this. You know, if you really want a school, how much are going to pay for it? That's just my recommendation. I hear it and it is written down. Thank Thanks. you very much. Appreciate it, Bob. Do I have anyone uh, in the <laughs> virtual audience right now who would like to raise their hand? And then I, I suspect that I saw you over there, Ashley. Um, do I have anyone out there? Well, while people are getting themselves together, if they choose to, come on, if you'd like to come up, please do. So just introduce yourself and uh, give your address. I'm Ashley Stein, 304 South. Um, So what Rob was saying really resonated with me when he was saying that there were so many people who actually turned up once it was time to vote and there was a dollar amount. And that's what concerns me is that you get people's attention that far down the road. And so kind of what Bob was saying is you kind of put it out to the people, okay, what tax increase can you tolerate? And then kind of work into, okay, well then if this is kind of what the bulk can tolerate, what number is that? And then what are the options that would fit into that dollar amount? Um, So you're presenting people with different options in a price range that people would sign off on and then you're going and 
determining location, determining specifics, and obviously making it so that it's educationally sound and all that, but it's a number that people will stand behind and it then gives options that also then fit into that. So that that's my main concern because I feel like we're not getting enough people's attention and it's tough because I'm, I met with Michelle because I'm a mom of kids under the age of four, mm -hmm. wasn't paying attention, was brought to my attention that maybe my toddler would be the first to go to this school. I'm like, okay, I should be paying attention. And so it's literally like month maybe before the vote and I'm scouring concerned citizens trying to get as much additional information to make my own pros cons lists. So like, how do we get people engaged? Because you guys are having all these really great meetings, but people are putting their kids to bed when it's happening. So they're like, okay, when am I going to find the time to go rewatch that and find the time code where we're actually talking about the stuff that we should be paying attention to. So whenever there can be deliverables that somebody at their leisure can go through and say, okay, this is what, these are the, the talking points that they went over. This is really useful. Okay. I kind of leaning towards this. And then using those surveys or whatever, just to solicit feedback along the way. And early on, you're getting that input. But I think a lot of the onus is on the, the voters too, because we're complaining we weren't heard, but how many people showed up? So you offered this public forum, but that's not a lot of people on there. And so we can't put all the blame on people making these decisions because we're also not paying attention. So we need to step up, we need to get involved. And my, my biggest thing is just trying to get people to talk about it because everyone has their own opinions. And I just want everyone to be on the same, like they don't have to agree on everything, but hear each other out. And we got to find that common ground because it's, it's a reflection of our town. And there's a lot of families who came here because Medfield has amazing schools and they're starting to feel like, okay, well maybe the community is not investing in the schools. And that's kind of scary because I mean, I, by the time my daughter starts kindergarten, we'll have been here for like a decade and we're paying these high taxes, but it's worth it because she's going to get a great education. But then you start to think, well, if we're not providing our teachers and our with the good resources, like, are they going to stay in the school system? And then that's kind of scary. Like, is that going to start to diminish? So I want to make sure that our, we're still investing in our schools and that we're, I mean, we're in a position where there's, we don't have a lot of um, corporations and stuff to kind of, you know, take away some of that burden from the residents. So it, it's trickier that we're not, my mom works in Franklin. They have really great resources because there's so much commerce and stuff. We're not in that position, which, I mean, it makes for a nice quiet town, but we, we have to figure this out. So but there's no cavalry. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'd say. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then just separately, um, I wanted to kind of talk about the MSBA process because while that would be great to have that money, um, my concern with it is that it really complicates the process. So like, I'm trying to think of what it would look like if we're spending the next eight months trying to come up with plans or I'm like, it's like this Venn diagram of, okay, so these are the ideas that would work if we had MSBA funding. These are the ones that we could only really do if we self-funded and then what would kind of meet the MSBA requirements, but we could also afford it if we self-funded. So it just seems to really complicate it. And I would hate to kind of burn any bridges with them by if we somehow did get that Hail Mary pass in and they offered us this money and all of a sudden we're like, well, the town's not going to support it. So no thanks. Like that, I don't want to, you know, encounter that. So just a kind of food for thought. But um, yeah, those are my ideas. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So Again, I'm going to ask you that question about uh, directed communication. What do you think would be able to help um, get people who have kids who are smaller, who are 
you know, not able to get to meetings to who don't have that time to do, uh, you know, reviewing through the videos and everything else. What is the the channel, or do you can you think of a channel that would be more helpful to be able to get you to understand and feel like you know what's going on? You know, like how how does that work for you? Is that a town based thing? Is that you know, there's no paper of record anymore. Everything's yeah. on Facebook. You don't know kind of what's there, or what's happening. And it's kind of an echo chamber. It's about the same five people kind of talking about stuff. Yeah. So what? But along that, I think a lot of my peers and like mm -hmm. the parents of like my daughter's classmates, they're all on the Facebook groups. On the and Facebook, yes. They're maybe not participating in them, but they're reviewing them. They're okay. aware of what's on there. So like it's. So they're taking information that may or may not be accurate or feel like things people remember from five years ago and right. maybe that's not all i mean our you know our memories aren't always great right so then so it becomes information that was kind of endorsed by all of you on there i don't know if that's if you're even allowed to do that kind of putting official things on facebook and stuff like that but i think that that ends up being something about the sbc and about um or the school building committee and how they choose to put information out they could have potentially, you know, like a central website or, I mean, they did, but how, or the town or whatever, right? Like, so that it becomes, they're on Facebook, but there's a, a site that's specifically kind of only for facts or for those kinds of Is it invitations. You bring up a good point there that um, not everyone is on the internet, right? And, and I'm an anti, heavy anti-Facebook concerned citizens, but probably 10% of the, of the town. A lot of people, I know people in Florida that are on our concerned citizens. Right? Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> so it's not Medfield, you see 2000, trust me, there's not probably a thousand four, of them It's Medfield, four, right? so, so 2000 So the idea be. of how do we, I'm gonna use an example. I have family in Westport, Connecticut. In Westport, Connecticut, they had this website of Westport now and people could contribute. And it was, it was actually a, a, a profit center, but you could see, you know, you had real estate listings, you had all sorts of things that were supported by uh, by a gentleman that ended up being like head, head counsel for the for the town. And it just, that gentleman retired and now I think it's called Westport Journal, but people know to go there. And yeah. if you're not attacking anybody, it's all positive, it's, it's a revenue generator. So I'm thinking as I sit here, how can we do it so that we can engage um, using, using, using the internet as well as trying to get something out in paper form? Because I know last night when I was at the, um, the state hospital meeting, a woman pulled me aside and said, you know, Eileen, I don't get access to the internet. Like, it's just right. not what I do. So we need to make sure that- But you got the flyer? Work. Is that what you're referring to, the flyer that was sent out? Uh, yeah, so she, so she was saying like, everyone talks about concerned citizens on Facebook, but I'm not on that. So as we move forward, it's how, how we look at the younger generation, absolutely, listen, I've had, because of what I did in the business world, I've had Facebook way too long, but I don't use it, but I know it's, I know how it works and how, it, how, you, how we could leverage it. But I, I don't want to think Facebook, that even that term is how we're gathering data. It, but can we leverage the internet and then follow that up with some sort of paper thing that maybe it's at the, the center that we're putting information or certain, maybe at the library where we're trying to get the information out where we know people are. And then there's going to be key points where I think as we move through this process, is it at the soccer games? Is it at various events where we know a lot of the young families are there and it's a wide range of ages um, so that we can continue to get the information out. And it's coming from the source, right? It's not coming from, you know, a, a, a six, seven, 12 people that deem that they are the experts. No, it's coming from the source that we've all blessed it. And it's it's what we want the community 
to really uh, you know embrace. And I think that that's actually probably the first part of what we need to think about in terms of consensus before we ever reach consensus around a vote or anything else. It's about consensus about trusted information and how that gets out to people in a way that that all of us feel like that's a neutral source. Because I think that there is, you know, we can talk about data points and surveys and and you know the school sent some out and the SBC sent some out and Chris herself sent some out. But when they're coming from so many different places, how do you how do you feel like that is a scientific survey? And that everybody consensus wise believes that that information is correct, right? How do we, again, we can't always trust, we're always say that we're going to reach 100%, like you said, but how do we get a consensus that this information is something that is valid and something we can hold on to? A number feels like this is what I hear when I hear a number. I think it's important in terms of finance. But I also feel like a number is trust is trustworthy. It's like something you hang your hat on, right? Nobody can lie about a number. It's a number. But I think what we're actually talking about is information. How do we not only how do we evaluate and understand? And that's a problem with the internet in general, right? Like so, we all kind of had the the internet kind of oh, that's you mean that's not true, <laughs> you know, like whatever kind of weird thing has gone around that day and you're like did you hear this and it's like yeah no that's a, that's not it right or that's just a little off or you know that news corporation hasn't exactly vetted that right how do we reach consensus wise what what information is believed to be true by the majority of the community i mean i i maybe that's my own reflection and listening and i'm now making you guys do that but um well if we have that type of site where mm -hmm. we could like all that information could live in a we digestible way because we we had a site but again i think that sometimes it becomes untrustworthy because that's the the sbc okay. coming out and so while i would know that the sbc in my mind was trustworthy there were people who did not believe that or that there was a sense that they were pushing something through or that it was just so much information, there must be something hidden there, or there's no way that you could digest that all. So how does that, like, how do we kind of come over that hump as well, right? So that's kind of the consensus just, issue. There are some problems we can solve and some we can't. Sure. I think Robert's comment, more, more inclusive, more consensus, easier to get support. And I mean, I, I don't know, it's this channel in media or this is the, uh, what do we say in that part of data business, that's certified content. Everyone will agree with it until they don't like the direction. So I, you know, I just think we have to recognize. Yeah. One element, I don't know right or wrong, but as we form this SBC, it's 11 or 15 or whatever the number. Or, you know, 4,000 of us in a room. That group has to sit in the room. Right, and start to kind of make some decisions. We, we are going to have some leadership. We're going to have to have some leadership to start with. Right? And, and I recognize communication is going to be a, you know, it's, it's a massive challenge, but we also still have to, to build a school. Mm -hmm. you know, we're spending a million dollars, give or take a year, sustaining what we have at Yale. We are, we're going to have to get it out of the gate. So I, I just want to stay in Gus and kind of using what you said earlier. I'm trying to state a little more like okay it's going to be very difficult you know, 
what social channel no, and I don't think so I'm talking so about specifically social you. channels. First so. off, this is, I think, the first time we've met in person, but we've had <laughs> some exchanges. So there's some things I know you're on the right track for. You you mentioned at the start, you know, your mother, you're taking care of your kid and somebody, or, you know, somebody says, what about the school that your kid's about to start? And all of a sudden, my sense is that's what triggered you to get involved and get engaged. And I like the point that you made about residents need to get engaged. We're having a conversation about how the population can be fed. And I'm sitting there saying, yeah, but how do you get the residents to be engaged? You got engaged. How did that happen? The fear of my daughter not having a good school to go to, that got me paying attention. What, so how did you find, what, what like triggered the fear? What triggered the fear? Yeah. Um, well, just not realizing how contentious this whole situation was amongst all the towns. Like I thought that would be a shoe and win. And then realizing that there was so much opposition to this new school. So you picked up on the- I picked Ajita up on the opposition and, okay. um, and just how divided we all were. Like it just, it felt, at the time it felt more personal. Like it was just, you know, maybe people who didn't have kids anymore and they mm -hmm. just didn't want to pay it forward. And I know that's more than that now that I'm, you know, more paying more attention, but at first it was just very difficult to kind of just a pill, a difficult pill to swallow that like they're not gonna pay any more taxes so that our kids can have good schools. But I don't think that's the case. I think we need to find that number that people can tolerate. And I think if we do talk about tax increases up front, okay, I'm willing to do 600, not a thousand. Um, maybe that will get people to pay attention. I don't know. So you could have been just sitting at home fretting about it, but you didn't. You, because I've seen you, and you, you've probably had one of the most collaborative discussions I've seen in the last year and a half. Not to, not to embarrass you here, but I've seen a conversation you've had in the last two weeks that's the absolute most collaborative discussion across this divide that I've seen in the last year. So this is why I'm asking you this question. You could have just stayed in your house and maybe talked to your neighbors, but you didn't. And I'm, and I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but I'm saying what's, I'm trying to figure out how to get that gear for more people moving. Cause we're talking about what we can do to support people. Yeah. But I'm saying, yeah, but what gets the people to start listening and paying attention? And you've done that to some, you know, to the degree you can. And I, I already see impacts of it. And I'm trying to figure out what is it that could ha that could happen. Maybe it's us helping, or maybe it's not us helping. Maybe it's just the town catching on. What I, could... I've just been trying to get to the bottom of what do people care about? Because my my number one priority is timeline. So I want to school as quickly as we can get it, and yeah. the only way we can do that is to get buy-in from people. So I don't want to see you as pro Wheelock, pro Dale. Like that's over. Like what's we're we're all mm -hmm. community. We're all neighbors like let's just talk to each other we're not enemies we're just we all want nice things for our town um i know some people have preferences and all that and those are valid but we're not all going to get what we want i i would have loved the beautiful school that you had planned but it, it's it's not something that people can afford and that's fine but what what can we all agree on um that that's just my my goal and i just want um you know, to facilitate those discussions and, and get people involved because I'm, I'm just so afraid of repeating this. So mm -hmm. like two, three years down the line, we're just back to the square one. And that's, that breaks my heart that that's, we'll just, I, 
as, as parents, like we want to fight for the kids and just make sure and, and for the faculty and, and the staff who have to endure conditions that are inexcusable at this point. I have uh, two people online. Uh, Girish, thank you so much, Ashley. Um, and so, Owen, would you like to bring over uh, Girish, please? And please, Garish, if I am pronouncing that with a uh, hard G instead of a soft G, I apologize. Hi. Hey. Good evening, everyone. Um, thank you for Press first. Um, the, the time and opportunity here. Um, I looked at the meeting notice. I did not see where I could um, send my comments. I have six factors that um, I want the committee to consider in terms of the new school. Um, that are lengthy. Hold on a second. Uh, can you just give us your, your name specifically and your address for the public record? Please. Sure. Uh, my so name is Girish Sahukar, 98 Pleasant Street. All right, you're also hit. Uh, I'm sorry about that. Um, okay. You know, uh, like uh, I was saying, you know, I, I think there are six factors that are important to me uh, about this uh, new school process. And uh, I did not see a postal address or an email address where I could send them to. Um, if you would um, share that after the meeting, I will um, send them over. Uh, they're lengthy. I posted it online and I can read that, but I don't want to waste everyone's time in reading this. Uh, I just name the six uh, items here and then I can send the full uh, uh, item later. Uh, number one, academics. This should be pretty obvious, but you know, it, uh, we've lived in Medfield for about 10 months. And in that time, um, I've heard very little about the academic impact of a new school. We've um, been fighting over, or I've, I've seen people fighting over the price tag. Uh, I think that's personally the wrong way to think about it. Um, academics is number one. Um, <clears throat> the second one is uh, schooling expansion. There's a lot of talk. Um, in academic um, uh, world about uh, bringing in pre-K as part of uh, public education. Um, if that is the case, then Midfield will need to expand its um, schooling um, set and there's a whole nother audience you will have to consider. Um, <clears throat> schooling options. Um, we don't have a year-round schooling option for students. Um, this is almost unheard of concept in Massachusetts. Uh, where I um, had previously lived, um, year-round schooling options um, were available and they were plentiful. Um, proximity to all residents uh, and so sort of making it uh, equitable from all four corners of Medfield is another important criteria that uh, you should consider. Um, <clears throat> campus and transition. Um, we really like the concept of um, three elementary schools and students transitioning from one school to the next so that they um, understand and um, have social behaviors that they um, develop during these transitions. And they're not learning it for the first time in um, sixth grade, uh, which is a fairly challenging time in their lives. Um, and the last one is uh, something that many of you have raised, minimizing taxes. Um, the one thing that I had not written down on this list is um, something that, uh, uh, <clears throat> Uh, one of the um, uh, members just uh, brought up is how do we get people engaged? Um, I think uh, I was uh, on the meeting yesterday as well. You know, having these meetings at 7 p.m. on a weeknight 
uh, is a prohibitive factor, even for um, you know somebody like me who can um, dedicate the time. Um, you should consider doing these on Saturday afternoons, uh, doing these outdoors potentially. Uh, uh, you know, try and look at different um, locations, different fact, uh, uh, formats, uh, different areas. Um, you know, there is. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, you know, I'm a midfield resident without a voice, um, and uh, I, I appreciate you folks um, paying attention to what I had to say, uh, and I would uh, appreciate uh, you know, taking uh, a broader and a more inclusive view of uh, you know, uh, factors like that. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. What I will do is uh, when I find the link on the school website, I will put it in the chat. We do have... Um, uh, a forum that we're going to open up after the meeting because we wanted to give people the opportunity to kind of speak and then you can uh, we will have a Google form on the town website as well as the um, school website that encourages people to you know reflect on what they've heard tonight and contribute as well so um, I will find that and put it in the uh, Q&A um, but also feel free to look for it on the um, school committee page, as well as I think Nick said it would be on the front page of the um, of the town website at nine o'clock is kind of the time that we agreed to do that. So, and you can also always email any of your comments um, to the selectmen or to the school committee. Um, and we are always happy to take those. Okay, thank you so much. Do you have other comments or questions or um, are you? Yeah, no, I, I, uh, I think I'm all set. I don't have any questions. I just wanted to share my um, uh, my thoughts here. And uh, again, I appreciate uh, all of you for uh, listening. Thank you so much. Thank I really you. appreciate it. Okay. Do I have anyone in the room right now who would like to give a comment? Um, or shall I go to? I have one other person. Uh, is that the... Uh, the Sean Collins. Um, all right, I will bring them over. Can you bring Sean Collins over, please? Thank you, Owen. Sorry. All right. Hi. How's everybody doing? Um, Sean Collins, uh, 13 Hickory Drive. And uh, we just moved here uh, in June of last year um, for the schools. So this has been a very interesting experience. I think, you know, I'd like to start off with some points to, uh, or questions. One would be, you know, is the town really committed to the education of our future generations and providing new school systems that our children will need for the future. I think going through this process, that's unclear to some of us. Uh, and in line with that, you know, it's curious to see um, why did this vote fail? Is it specifically for the money factor? Or was it these other ancillary things like traffic and location and water and fields, which really seems to get away 
from the necessity of providing an education for our children. So I don't know, I'm not really on the Facebook groups. You know, I hear about it, but uh, it seems to really miss the point of what a community should be focusing on. Um, but that said, 63 million or $80 million for a few grades of school seems like a high number. So, I mean, I could understand that in the aspect of, you know, it seems like a really high price. So has there been any thought about Relock and the entire elementary uh, school system and maybe trying to do it all together at once so you get more bang for your buck since you know that our school is probably aging out as well and maybe there's a way to do it all together. Um, additionally, yeah, I'm curious about the uh, state hospital site, how that's uh, attached to the town and um, you know, is there some opportunity to use some of that for the educational needs of the town for a location. I don't know the details about that site, only been here for less than a year, and maybe that's not the case, but it seems like a, a very open, available space. And uh, I would hope some people, I, if it hasn't been reviewed, maybe that's something to consider. You should have come to last night's meeting, Sean. <laughs> I got in late. Well, I did get in late. I think you shouldn't take that offer, $2 million. You can get way more money than $2 million, but um you know i'm just catching up so but um i i think these are just some of the ideas as a, as a new resident and you know I, I i do think at the end though it does come down to communication and how do we get you know the younger families who uh like a previous our neighbor said you know are really tied up right now i mean it's really hard to get involved at seven o'clock at night but weekends are great, you know, outside is even better, especially for us to have all the unvaccinated kids right now. So, you know, maybe it's, you know, sporting events or some sort of monthly community event at the high school where people can get together and start feeling like a community again. Um, I don't know, because I think it's going to have to come from inside out and, you know, more decisions than have to be made off of Facebook, because that just seems to be uh, a destructive force in the community. So anyway, these are just my thoughts uh, as a new resident. Don, are you, are you agreeing with the previous speaker that a Saturday afternoon is a good time for our meeting? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think as, you know, as someone who has, you know, very limited time in the evening, I think knowing that there's a, a, a monthly event where we can get together and talk about the school and see the progress and, you know, get to meet your neighbors and get to, you know, feel like your community might be a, a very healthy thing for everybody. Um, how you do that, you know, I don't know, I don't have all the answers, but um, I just think something basic like that would be useful to get the community involved. That's my, you know, I think that's what I feel would be best. Much appreciated. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that there will be uh, the necessity of having also multiple communication channels, right? Because I know that um, seven at night was hideous for me for a long time and and probably actually still is but i have um older kids now so i can kind of bug out if i need to but i know that that is not the case for a very long time and that you know um that saturday afternoons end up being very difficult for people who have older kids you're nodding robert you're like saturday afternoon what's that right and so there's always going to be kind of like how do we tailor 
our information to make sure that each group, that there's not one solution. So there's, there's kind of an information channel, right? But then there's that community building part that you're talking about, Sean, that I think over two years has been um, eroded to some extent, right? There are parts where we come together and we're fantastic together. I, I still think the beginning of the pandemic is just one of the most fantastic times that has ever happened in this town, how people came together. But it is also very hard to, to then rebuild these kind of in-person events that we've had for so long. Um, and that it will end up taking lots of different, uh, chunking out our communication to different groups, that there isn't just one neutral group that will be able to make a time, a place, um, or even have the same interest, quite frankly. So thank you very much, Sean, I appreciate, and I always appreciate hearing from new people, both uh, you and, um, you know, very Sean, much so. Sean, if you're still there, I, I'm, I'm just trying to visualize the Saturday afternoon thing. It, you were talking about it'd be nice to bring, you know, groups of people together, and it almost sounded like neighborhoods together. And I, I'm, all I'm trying to do is translate what that would mean for the town side. Is it gone? It, no, it's so. just for Tim's. Tim's thing has always been uh, backyard pizza. Well, oh yeah. So, well, then maybe Tim has an answer. I don't even have to ask you. The, 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 what I was trying to visualize is whether, from the standpoint of what we should take from that thought, is the offer for people who are involved with the project to go to events that are coordinated and orchestrated by neighborhoods that want to do it, versus the town or somebody basically scheduling. We're going to hit this neighborhood this weekend and that neighborhood next weekend. So it's more like a service that the town provides to groups that would want to come together on a Saturday afternoon anyway. Uh, um, yeah, I was trying to, you know, keep it simple. I, I think I would go with whatever is simplest. And while I can understand trying to tailor to different groups, and I, I agree that, you know, you're going to have, you know, from a communication standpoint, you're going to have multiple ways to get to different demographics within the community, you know, 10 year olds or have, you know, soccer events and, you know, four year olds, you know, what are you doing? Right. But maybe, you know, maybe you still start with something that's like, you know, at least once a month, we have something outside where people have a chance to go there and you see how it goes. But again, I don't know what the timeline here is. So, you know, there's a lot of moving parts that I respect, but I think, you know, at least saying, you know, having something that's at least outside of the uh, internet connection and just like to get people face to face. So at least, you know, when you get to these meetings and people may say, you know, I don't agree with that or I don't agree with that. Well then, well, did you come to the group and talk to us about why you didn't agree with it? You know, if we can't get there at seven at, at night at seven, at least a weekend, you're offering the people who are against it an opportunity to come in and talk to us directly, right? Why don't you want to school? Well, I haven't seen you in person or, at least then you can really build some sort of trust with these people and or give them an option to say, well, no, I didn't come. Well, then what are you complaining about? You had an opportunity to come. This is an opportunity. If you know you couldn't do that, then why are we listening to you so much? Right? So I don't know. It's just kind of like, I, there's no one silver bullet, unfortunately, but just to start small. Great. Thank you, Sean. I appreciate it. Uh, do I have anybody in the room right now uh, okay, so Bill Werner has been waiting, and then I will bring you up next. Okay, can we bring Bill over? 
Thanks, Owen. Everybody. Hi, Bill. Um, I'll just confirm yes, that yes. 10 votes are all great back to our pizza party, so I'll fully agree with that. <laughs> just, uh, Bill, can you give us your address too, please? All right, 10 Garrett. It's called the pitch and pour. Oh, <laughs> all right. Um, and so, two quick points. Um, you know, obviously, the engagement, I think, um, engagement with the most impacted residents of the town will be super important. I think that um, you know, as you think about the Wheelock plan, the ball got rolling downhill with all the concerns that were talked about tonight with the, the water and the traffic. And, and once that happened, it kind of got away from everybody and you're pardon the pun, but once the well was poisoned, there was no walking that back. And I think that was a big part of both the communication and the outreach and, and part of the reason for um, you know, the, the failed vote. Um, so I, th I think the, the communication without the most impacted residents being, you know, the future, um, you know, parents of the, the students that will be in that school, um, as well as, you know, impacted residents of the related sites um, that we may evaluate will be uh, of the utmost importance because at the end of the day, it will be the noisy voices in town that will carry the day or potentially carry the day, um, you know, with their opinions. Um, you know, the, the more important one, I, I mean, I think that, that, that all that, I just said goes without saying. I think the more important one, and this would be an encouragement to the to the select board, um, and and Mr. Sliney, as he made his comments earlier, right? As we talk about the top line project of the building, that's almost irrelevant as we go forward. The most relevant cost is the cost per taxpayer, and the towns can be anchored in this eight hundred fifty dollars per purse per per taxpayer per household. And my worry is that you know eight hundred fifty dollars per household was going to buy us with the MSB, MSBA funding, a roughly $85 million building with Wheelock. And without MSBA funding and with interest rate rises and put aside inflation for a second, 850 may only buy us a $40 million building in the future. And you know the way I think of it from a finance perspective is, right, if we go do this project, we have to do this project at some point. And it's not happening this year, it's not happening next year. If it happens three years from now, like the town effectively has of 50, 60, 70, whatever the dollar amount is, floating rate mortgage, that we have no control whatsoever the interest rates. And we have 1% on $50 million turns a $50 million project into a $40 million project overnight. So like, as we communicate with the town and as the select board thinks about that, your know, massive deferred liability that we have, that we have no ability to mitigate the risk on interest rates, or I don't know if we have an ability to mitigate the risk on interest rates. Um, you know, we may be looking at a project a couple years from now where we get a $50 million building, but the cost for taxpayers is 1400 bucks. And I think if you show up four years from now with that proposition, I think it's going to be really hard to get it approved because people are going to have history in the rearview mirror. And it's going to be really, that's going to be a really high hurdle to get over. And I, again, I, I would encourage the board to think about how you manage that risk because I don't know what the answer is. A private company would go out and take a, you know, interest rate cap, interest rate hedge against the liability. Like, I don't know as, as a town what we can do, but. It's something that we need to think through. So, Bill, looking forward, I'm, I'm trying to understand what to take from your point in terms of what you want us to keep in mind looking forward. I think that's what you, what you need. I, I, I would ask the select board to think about two things. 
Um, how as a town do you think about managing the interest rate risk? And then how do you communicate that in from a, as we go down the road of this project, that if we agree that's a $50 million building, that $50 million may be $800 per taxpayer. It may be $1,200 per taxpayer. It may be $1,500 per taxpayer. Like we don't know what that is because it's all gonna be predicated on what the interest rates are at the time that we enter into the loan. So just like Gus used the analogy before about how you look for a house in town, right? Well, obviously in that, in that calculus was, what was your mortgage gonna be? And what, was the, what were the interest rates at the time? Well, we have no idea what the interest rates are gonna be four years from now. And so the cost could vary widely. And based on that variation, it'll impact the purchasing power. So it just becomes a very dangerous um, needle that as a town, we're gonna have to thread. Because you may go down a road and say, we can afford $60 million today. That may only be $50 million tomorrow. It may be 80 million, we don't know. But unless we can have some sort of financial engineering around that risk, um, you're gonna be subject to the winds of the market and wherever we are at that, piece of, that, that point in time. So again, I, I don't know the answer, but I would encourage the board to take that up as, a, as something that needs to be thought through as we go down the road of this project. No, I do appreciate that. Um, and I think that's worthy of, yeah, go ahead, Tim. Yeah, I, sorry, you know. I mean, it's interesting because Bill opened it up talking about engagement. And then to be honest, as I listen to the numbers, it scares me. Mm -hmm. And I go back to Ashley's comment, what brought you forward? What did you say earlier? Fear. 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 Right, fear about, you know, so I mean, it's an interest, it just is an interesting perspective, yeah. you know, Bill. It's not what you're doing, but that is what drives engagement. Do we want $800 taxes on a $40 million building? What's the impact on our case? And again, I don't, I don't know anything, and I don't know anything about municipal financing. And I know that there are smart people around here, probably in this very room, as well as at Town Hall, who don't know about municipal financing and how we engineer that. In I also think that there's probably a, you know, a significant it's so hard to forecast at this point, but in terms of forecasting, is there? All right, what are our thoughts about whether they continue, interest rates continue to go up? We know we've been in a historical low for a very long time. What's that long range looking at? I mean, I, and there are very bright people in town for whom this is their their profession. And um, but you're right; it's something that we should also externalize outside of town or outside of town hall. So that people understand that risk and that we kind of look to the what timeline is actually the most expedient you know is it as fast as possible or is it waiting for things to back off just a little bit in terms of interest rates and steel costs and all of those other things it's really hard to predict that but there are bright people who know how to do this so thank you and i do think that's part of externalizing that that discussion and making sure that it's uh, one that is uh, as informed as possible for everyone. Thank you. Um, do you have any specific thoughts around the communication portion of this since it does seem to be a, a big part of everything that we're hearing tonight? Sorry, Jess, was that for me? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was for you. <laughs> no, I, mean, I, I don't, I, like I said, I, I think it's gonna be, um, my, my worry is that both, you know, time of his, Time is of the essence, and I also worry that um, you know there are still a lot of um, 
your raw feelings and emotions around this. And I just don't know what the, um, I don't know what the right outcome is. And I think all the communication in the world, um, you know, may not help if, um, you know, if certain things are working against us around costs and, and just the memory of, of um, you know, kind of what we had on the table. So I think the more, the, obviously the most transparent we can be, um, the more that we can try to manage some of the risks associated with the future of the project, like stuff like the financing. Um, yeah, I think that'll go a long way in making people feel more comfortable about what the future holds. So that's just, yeah, from a, from a finance guy's point of view, that's my, my perspective. Great. Thank you so much, Bill. Appreciate it. Okay. Laura, come on up. Thanks, Bill. Um, and I did, I hope that it took, uh, I put the um, link to the, excuse me, the post listening session comment document in the Q and A. Uh, Owen, can real people see that out there? Or is it just me? Only you. Only you. Can, is there a way you can make that so that other people can see it? Yeah, that's where I put it. Unless I also uh, sent text you the link if you want to try to get it in there. I don't know. Yeah, but I want to make sure that people can see that. Um, Laurel, tell us your name. Although I've told everybody your name already. Um, uh, your address. Laurel Scotty, 10 Green Street. Um, on a lighter note, to get people there, um, Pete and I both served on the town lines master planning committee. And we had a Sunday evening there as well. Yeah. And we picked a Sunday that the Patriots weren't playing. It was at six o'clock and we served food. <laughs> and that and, was the and, hardest piece of calendar work I think yes. that we have ever done. So yeah. the communication piece, I don't know what to tell you on how to get to it better, but um, maybe midfield TV. And as far as finance goes, um, if we're giving options to give an option of a campus, um, I, I may not be correct in this, but we might be the only school system in this area, if not in the state, that has a principal for two grades and three schools. I mean, if we had a campus, we eliminate the cost of a principal. I mean, there's shared, shared specialty teachers. It becomes a much more economic way and even a more qualitative way to educate our children. Uh, and if we have an 82, look, I'll just use a number because that was the number that was out there. If we have an $82 million school, but we make it a campus, then we, I think we need to educate the people that we're doing this, but we're gonna save money here and we can do these things. Um, there was, all, I've also heard people talk that there was, well, there was talk that then um, Parks and Rec could move into the Dale Street School. Well, then that's another savings. And that part of the uh, Dale Street School could be used for preschool. That's tuition charging there. There's more income. So you can be offsetting some of this expense with the income that's going to be coming in and the savings that could be saved, that will be realized from just moving things away. Parks and recs then won't need a building for someone more years. You have mortgages paid off. And I think that has to be better explained in the mix so that 
it's just not one number, but if we, it's an option. If we do it this way, we can do this, this, and this, and in the end, it'll cost this. That's just my thought. Well, the, what you described there isn't necessarily a single project, I don't think. No. It's, it's, a, it's a strategic picture that then places a project in a context that people can then yes. not evaluate it just as this one transaction, but it's it, just it's, it's, it's right. Because it's, one will feed off the other. Mm -hmm. The campus goes up, so say it's three, four, two, three, four, and five. And Parks and Recs moves into jail. And then you can have, I think someone once said to me that we could have had four preschool classrooms. That's significant tuition coming in. And that offsets the school budget piece. So that gives more money for, it's just a thought. It's, and well, you know, I'm playing that off of your thing saying we have to think outside the box. Let's do some creative thinking. It just doesn't have to be one way. And I thank, thank you. you for all you do. Ashley wants to add something. Can I ask you a question? Uh, you got to come up so people can hear you on the owl. So Ashley Stein's coming over. Just for reference, you want me to stay? Owl, you yeah. it, it picks up from a long distance away. We've had complaints about oh, the owl. Okay. Don't listen. <laughs> so my question, I just want to elaborate on the campus model because I really like this idea. I wanted to see your vision of, are you thinking Wheelock is where that I'm not going to get no. into the. I'm just <laughs> saying, let's not get into the weeds. I'm just, I'm just going to say, yeah. although, although you could probably go look at the old school building website on the district webpage and see what some of those models yeah. might look okay. like. So it'll be just a campus, you know. Like but we're not, we're not building the campus today. Okay. We're just figuring out how we get there. Got it. Thank you. Great. Thank you, though. Actually, Thanks, appreciate Laura. it, and thank you, Laura. Thanks, Laura. Steve, come on over. Well, I, I've agreed with a lot of what, what Lauren said and uh, a lot of what uh, Bill uh, Warner, I think, mentioned about the inches. Uh, you know, I, I uh, you know, in the strategic plan, I think that all makes sense. You know, uh, trying to, to get a, get some more clarity around that, um, and also the the dollars and impact to taxpayers. Communicating that early in the process instead of towards the end can only help. Uh, all, all those things I think are important. Uh, I just had five more more aspirational <laughs> uh, points. You said you wanted to put a focus on the future I and love the process. The and so these are more uh, aspirational. Um, you know, I, schools are, are, one thing I've learned is schools are very expensive, uh, which is probably why we haven't built one in 50 years. Um, the process is extremely complicated. It requires consensus building, involves experts and takes a lot of time. Um, and so for, for all you that are gonna, you know, hopefully be leading this for going forward, for people in this room and for people who might be listening, I have like five sort of aspirational things. One is, um, I hope that uh, I hope that we will uh, avoid delay and inaction. Time time is uh, is not on our side. 
I think Bill made that clear in his point. With interest rates and the inflation uh, on the rise, you know, our, our task has just gotten really, really hard. Um, so, um, and of course, you know, pursue a prudent path, do the right things, but uh, insist on, um, you know, insist, don't accept delays and insist on action. So let's, let's, uh, let's keep that in mind. I hope that we will trust and trust um, really important in our form of government, open form of government. So it's really important that we have trust. I think we've lost it and um, it's, it's hard to earn and easily lost. So I think we should respect, we respect people who are on committees and experts um, that will put in the challenging work. Uh, we should understand and listen both to others and each other uh, and accept and, and let's not ignore key facts. Um, the other one is I, would, I hope that we stay focused on the possible uh, and engage together. So assume good intentions. Let's look forward, not backwards. Let's avoid the tendency to label, to use labels. Uh, don't, don't, let's not describe past efforts or proposals as winners or losers um, or people as advocates or opponents. Um, let's invest our time and energy to offer changes um, to either previous proposals or new proposals that might come up. Uh, but, um, Fourth, the fourth hope I have is that we we accept established facts that are relevant. Um, express your opinions and views, but accept that there are established facts that may be more relevant than what you're bringing up. Um, avoid the temptation to offer alternative information um, uh, or half-truths to persuade others to your point of view. Um, I think it only serves to complicate things um, and appreciate that there are uh, limitations to social media. Uh, it, it, it cannot fully inform, you know, or give the necessary details of such a complicated, you know, project. Um, and, um, uh, and consider that there's, there's there's other, other forums where you can get information from instead of social media. And I, I don't have a magic bullet for a better way to communicate. Uh, it's yeah. always going to be a challenge knowing that we should, we should, in any new project, we should invest the dollars to make sure that we have help in that area. Yeah. So, um, and then the last one is I hope that. Uh, I hope that we will listen to each other and, and move towards consensus. Um, you know, there's going to be trade-offs and not everybody's going to get what they want um, in the new school. Uh, be willing to reconsider uh, previous assumptions, listen, deliberate, argue, but accept that uh, in the end, some decisions and recommendations will be out of your control and know that they will be made with compromise and trade-offs. Uh, even by people with more more expertise than yourself, so um, so I'm I'm those are my five points. Um, you know, I and they're just given from the perspective of me sort of jumping into this process last summer, 
kind of going back in time, spending three months going back over what had been done up to that date. So um, I offer them as, you know, take it for what, what, what you want. But I don't have a lot of answers to the communication problem. I think that's a, that's a real challenge. Uh, yeah, but got a question for you. And, and <clears throat> particularly I'm directed, and Bob, if you want to join in as well. When you were talking about, you know, being prepared, like re recognize established facts and, you know, don't kind of throw in half facts. And I'm, I'm asking you, actually, the two of you, because you're on the Warren Committee and I saw what you did. And it was qualitatively, I think, a little different part of what you did. And it had to do with listening. And the question I have is, at what point does someone who disagrees with the main thread how do you differentiate when they're bringing information and the information may not survive scrutiny. So I'm not even saying they're right. I'm just saying, how do you, how do you determine when someone who has got a different view brings something in and you have to listen to them or you should listen to them from we've kind of finished with this and whatever you're bringing in is not, we're not going to go through the meat grinder again on all this. How, you, you all sort of waded through a heck of a lot of data and somehow or another, given the constrained time frame that you had, you figured out some way and it wasn't done easily, but you still fit it all within the time frame and came out at the end with something and as much as you could run through that meat grinder, you ran through. How do you balance letting voices be heard and considered and dealt with and then either change made or not made with what you're basically saying is like, people have to recognize we've got established facts and we need to move on. Well, I mean, I, I don't, I, that's a delicate balance, right? You, you can't, you can't study and listen to things forever, right? You need to sort of make, make decisions and stick to timelines and move on. But, but I, I think, I think the, you know, I, I said this in my comments uh, when we when we at the Warren Committee. I don't think we there were the, the process wasn't perfect, right? For a lot of reasons, I don't want to rehash that. But um, so it, it, I I I think it could have been better. Uh, that the listening part, the, the communication part, and stuff like that. But part of it is I think the engagement and communication side, it's a push-pull thing, right? Mm -hmm. You you know, yeah. you, you want people to engage and you want to push information out, but... Um, that was the insight I was looking for. Yeah. Is there any good yeah. thing for us to take away from the future that gets right at what you just said? Yeah. Um, Maybe it's just, it's hard. I think, I think that, um, I think when they, when they pick a new OPM for the new, for the project, mm -hmm. I think that should be a priority. Yeah. Whoever that OPM is, how good are you at engaged? Because you know, let's put it. We're all very busy. We have mm -hmm. other things on our plate to handle. But that OPM uh, can, you know, you pay the money, and they should be able to take a they should take that role on of trying to be, you know, the point person right. to make sure that that those um, that that outreach is happening and, and that there's you know there's a lot of communication going back and forth because um you know i know the communications committee tried their best but 
you know, that's not their It's a Herculean job. effort, and it's not your full-time yeah. job. I mean, it's, and it's, people. But I think, I think making that a priority of the new, whoever that OPM is going to be, um, that should be, you know, one or two top priorities for, for selecting somebody. Like, where have you done this before? How did you go about it? And, uh, you know, that's, that's my recommendation. Um, Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate Thank you. it. Do uh, Owen? Do I have anybody else in the queue? Um, okay. And then uh, we are at just about nine o'clock. Uh, so should we have Megan be our our last? Megan. Megan. Sorry. Megan. Yeah. Sorry, I couldn't see the spelling. Um. So if you want to bring Megan over, thank you. I guess I guess we should ask: Is there anybody who would be violently opposed to having this as the final? question either online or in in the room i i don't see any violence on online because <laughs> i don't have that picture but if <laughs> if it's out there maybe it's better you're online okay megan go right ahead hi everyone i will be quick and i as i thought Stephen added a lot of um really good context to how the decision and process should go forward and i just want to say actually kind of building on what laurel said um, in terms of developing and I, uh, 36 Wichita Road, I didn't say that, um, developing a whole mass, kind of master plan concept for what the whole thing is. And then um, I know Mr. Sliney off suggested we needed to land on the price kind of early on. I think consensus on the location early on would just allow the project to move forward in a different way. And I think it was just too much of a variable. There were just too many variables that people kept throwing out without consensus the last time. And I think more than price, it was location that there was no consensus on. So that's my recommendation and thought. And you guys are working very hard and I appreciate all of that. Thank you, Megan. Thanks, Megan. All right. Thank you. So um, I believe that the doc link has been posted in the Q&A or did this ever happen? If not, it is on the school committee um, page on the sidebar, which is on the Medfield Public Schools. And then you go to their homepage, pull down school committee, and it will be on that sidebar there. Uh, and Nick told me that it would be on the town website, um, but I'm not great enough at multitasking right now to find all of the places it could be. Um, but that so will be Medfield open for a week. Net and then town.medfield. Yes, both. Right. Because Kumbaya, this is a joint project, right? Like we we do intend to continue to make sure that we are really touching base throughout the time that we do this and uh, build this together. So thank you to everyone who commented tonight. I am going to uh, close out our meeting. So could I just make one closing, just closing comment. You know, we, we talk a lot about what we need to do. We've had a little bit of reference to where the differences were. I firmly believe that this entire town is at least 95%, if not more, unified around the need for a new school. So, you know, we, we have something to build on. I think there are a lot of good points that came out today, but let's recognize that the, the, the gap we have to, have, to have to cross is not the basic fundamental gap. It's actually a more specific gap around what's the best way to go about doing this. And I'm, I'm actually, as I said, 
because of some th conversations and things I've read in the last two weeks, I'm actually optimistic that gap isn't even as big as we might have assumed it was if we can be creative and think out of the box. What's the next step? What's the next step? We, uh, well, I do know that we are going to have this discussion um, or have a discussion about this. Uh, probably I'll put it on the agenda for next week and uh, for our school committee meeting. And then I assume that Gus and I can kind of come together and think about when we might be able to next do this. However, I would say that probably to some extent, the next step also needs to be uh, the school building committee bylaw. We need to be looking at that and looking towards um, annual town meeting, which is on May 2nd. May 2nd, if I, May 2nd, yes? May 2nd, Monday. Yes. May second, yes. Yes. So they will be proposing whatever they would be proposing or unveiling then. I believe yeah, that I is think, a town I matter. The, I think what is the timeline for them? So the agenda I, I saw the agenda for the bylaw committee for I think it was last week's meeting or else this week's meeting was to potentially get the final wording. So as far as the wording goes, that would be available, but the bylaw has to be approved at the special at the uh, annual town meeting. And I so believe that's, that's two thirds. That's uh, I think it is. But yeah. yeah. So Isn't in order to change the charter, as well? it's a bylaw in terms of how we form an SBC. Right. At least uh, at one point there was some funding that they were discussing. In the, by, in the bylaws? No, not for the bylaw. But that's for the, the there is an there is an article on the town meeting warrant for feasibility. Right. For, for the feasibility study phase. Uh, which I think technically is something that should be requested by the school committee in terms of getting it's a good, it's a good point. There is a there is a placeholder number. Okay. Uh, but uh, I think that the actual mechanics should be the, feas the feasibility fund should right, be the right. school committee. Uh, and then I think the other major milestone, unless the school committee informs me I'm wrong, is that the if if the school committee decides to submit the statement of interest to the MSBA. That actually has to be in by the end of this month, and you have to sign off. And I have to sign off on it. So, which would be the it would be week my after. Yeah, it would be it would be my intention to do that because that keeps an option open, mm -hmm. but it does not. I think for any of us imply a, a railroad track. In light of all the things we've been talking about here, there's a lot of things that got to get figured out, but we don't have to get on the train. We just have to buy the ticket right now. Right. So, and the ticket doesn't. It costs effort, but it does not cost money currently. Right. And um, you know, again, we may not we may not get it, but to simply kind of look at money and say, no, no thanks, without leaving any options open at this point, is feels irresponsible. To Bill Warner's to and Steve's point about time, at this at this stage on that issue, I don't see any particular reason why. And I would be open to inputs if people out there think I'm drastically wrong. I don't see any particular reason why any of us should be putting things in that will guarantee it's going to take longer. So, uh, all right. Okay. So, that, does first, that then? feel like it satisfies your uh, next steps question? Yes. Lots of moving parts. Okay. Lots uh, of moving parts. Uh, so, it's a hurry up and wait kind of situation. So, um, let's, yeah. <laughs> so, um, motion, thank you. You knew that it was after nine o'clock and I couldn't remember. Anime, Leo seconds. Can I? Anime. 
animated shape rock. Michelle Kirkby. Leo Brim, yes. Leo Brim, yes. Tonight, yes. Jessica Riley, yes. This meeting is closed at, uh, our meeting is closed at 9.07. Yeah, Pete, can I get a motion? All those in favor? Aye. 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 <laughs> we just like to say our names a lot. Yeah.